Low Probers. Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to another episode of But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by your two favourite former MIBs. I am Moonwalker, and joining me as always is the completely honest and trustworthy soul known as John Boy, a.k.a. Kevin, a.k.a. Greybeard, a.k.a. Kevin the Grey, a.k.a. Greynuts, a.k.a. Bearded Santa's Little Bitch. Oh no, it's going to be one of these ones. You've started strong. Strong. Take my strong hand, child. So that's enough of the pleasantries. Pleasantries? Today's case takes us to Marshall County, Minnesota. Minnesota! And if memory serves me well from How I Met Your Mother, it's the home of the Minnesota Vikings. Go Vikings! Really? I could also be fucking miles off on that. (laughs) Also, fuck the Rangers. Yeah! Two totally different sports, but I can never resist a reason to say it. Indeed. Do you remember that time when we were in a pub and randomly someone walked in wearing a New York Rangers jersey? Yes, I do. (laughs) Immediately turned, pointed, fuck the Rangers! (laughs) They were like, what? Fuck you, guy. This is an Islanders facility. You are not allowed. It's August 1979. And in the early hours of the morning, Val Johnson was out patrolling the mean streets, trying to keep the citizens of Marshall County safe as they slept. Because you see, Val was a cop. Not just any cop, but a deputy sheriff. Which means he didn't take shit from anyone. Except the sheriff. (laughs) He was number two in command. Also, I like that Johnson is slang for penis, so we have Val Penis here. We do. And there is a picture of Val right there. Is this actually him? That's actually him. Is he gesturing towards his the size of his package here? Who knows? We've got a black and white photo of a proper deputy sheriff looking deputy sheriff, although I can't see his badge. He's got a short-sleeved white t-shirt and denim jeans on he's wearing shades and he's gesturing the size of something could be a schlong might be the sheriff's schlong who knows definitely has a sheriff's mustache he he? looks like he belongs on cops the tv show (laughs) bear boys bear boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you VJ was patrolling. He was in his cruiser on Marshall County Road 5, just outside of a little town, which could also be a big town, called Stephen. Stephen! That's a very person-y name for a town. I live in Stephen. <laughs> I'm sleeping in Stephen tonight. Ooh, I can't wait to get inside Stephen. <laughs> Welcome to Stephen! How many Stevens do you reckon there's in Steven? Four. I reckon one, there isn't going to be any. One steed. As VJ approached the intersection... You're with, now approaching Steven. With Minnesota State 220, he stopped, 
looked both ways for oncoming traffic like a sensible person. There was none. But he didn't continue, because whilst he didn't see the lights of an oncoming car, he did see something. A very, very bright light was heading his way. You better run. This light didn't seem like it was the headlights of an oncoming car because the light didn't appear to be on the road. Cover your Johnson. Oh no. <laughs> We've mentioned this once on the podcast before. Mr. Moonwalker has oh, dropped Greg. a photo of old Greg and his mangina. I can see his downstairs mix up. This is the classic image of old Greg from the Mighty Boosh, a cult British TV show. Old Greg is lifting up his tutu and flashing his mangina into Howard's face. He's old Greg. (laughs) Then why is your hook in my lip, mother liquor? Mmm, creamy beige. Ever drunk Bailey's from a shoe? Love games. Mmm. Most of our listeners are in America and most of our listeners are going to have no idea what we're talking about. So apologies, but if you're into weird shit, and especially if you like a doobie, <laughs> maybe maybe try that. We're not recommending you explore drugs, but if you are that way inclined, this is the sort of show you're probably going to enjoy. Look up old Greg. Mm. But also don't do drugs. I might see if uh, Mighty Boosh is on Netflix. I might have to give it another watch. When I included it in the episode a while ago, I can't remember what episode it was, but I googled it to get a picture and ended up watching the whole thing. <laughs> Great episode. So VJ assumed that it could possibly be an aircraft. One that had to make an emergency landing. Oh, Greg making an emergency landing. It was downstairs mix up. So he proceeded. <laughs> oh, Greg's got a bit northern there. <laughs> got to downstairs mix up. I'm old Greg. Hey up. <laughs> Hey, oh, I'm old Greg, I am. For a second, he thought... <laughs> you bitch. Uh. For a second, he thought it could be a truck with a busted headlight. But the shape of it soon changed his mind. And within seconds, the light was right in front of him. Did he mistake his brake pedal for the accelerator? Or did this thing make a beeline for him? This thing was making a beeline. It's seen its target and it's going in. Yeah, that light is on him. He's getting the, the rapture. He's being called up and he's going to get slabbed. We know how this tale goes. I'm just waiting for the lost time and then the hypnotic regression. This is textbook. Johnson. Although I would say that it involves a deputy sheriff, so... Slab-a-dab. Honourable member of the community, one would hope. Although it is in America... And he is called Johnston. Johnson. Johnson, yeah. The American police may not be quite as honourable and trustworthy. <laughs> In fact, they're very honourable and trustworthy. In America, do they pronounce highways and intersections like we do motorways? I think Which is why I stumbled yeah. a bit, because we would say, for example, the A140 rather than the A140. So would they say Minnesota 220 or Minnesota 220, Minnesota 220? Anyone from Minnesota, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got no idea on that one. (laughs) 
Well, this thing wasn't just in front of him. It smashed into his car. Oh, shit. Blinded by the light of whatever this was and deafened by the sound of contorted metal and broken glass, VJ cowered within the car. Metal! Now, I don't drive an automatic, but I assume when you put it in drive, it will just creep forward the same way a normal car would when you just take it past the biting point. I say this because the patrol car continued to drive forwards and VJ blacked out. Tractor beam. As he came back around, he was nearly 800 feet from the point of collision and was sideways on the road. When he looked, his dashboard's time read 2.19am. He had been out for 40 minutes. From this, we can assume that the incident happened at 1.40. Quick maps. Touche. Excellent calculation, sir. When VJ looked back, he saw tyre marks on the road, which were from his car, and he believes that something had applied the brakes to stop the car. So he must have passed out with his foot on the gas then, rather than the car creeping if there's skiddies left. Skiddies. He then grabs the car radio on the dash and calls for assistance. Did he leave skiddies? He left skiddies. Is this an actual picture of... That's an actual picture and can you see those thick black skiddies? I can see one line of skiddies. Okay, one's thick and black, the other's kind of faded. Okay, yeah, I can see the second. I didn't really catch it at first. So we've got a picture of the police car in the distance, the back of the photo, I guess, on its side. And we've got skiddies in the foreground leading towards it where it's span out. I wouldn't say span, it kind of turns. Well, I didn't see it happen. The skiddies indicate that it didn't spin. He said that it hit the car, didn't he? He did. I can't see any damage to the car but I can only see one side of it. That you can. There's no debris on the road. you got to remember, he's also 800 feet from where the collision happened. That debris could be spread across a long distance, <laughs> like the skiddies. 800 foot of debris. <laughs> I don't okay, like but brie. I appreciate us having the visual evidence today. He's did the smart cop-like thing and taken himself out of the scene and taken photos, gather the evidence. He hasn't just told a story. He's taken the evidence as it happens. What else would a deputy sheriff do? Call the sheriff. Marshall County Officer Everett Doolittle. <laughs> he talks to the animals. Arrived to assist and then called in for medical assistance. He called a dog. <laughs> As he found VJ in a state of shock, and VJ was also complaining of his eyes being very sore. Could this be from the bright light or something more sinister? So Everett Doolittle called a bird from the sky to go and send word to the sheriff and the hospital. Did he call a carrier pigeon? Call a medic! Problem is, <laughs> when the bird got to Just the sheriff... Just the window in there. <laughs> There's the fucking bird outside. The sheriff opened the window and threw a rock at it. 
VJ was taken to Warren Hospital. He was examined and it was found that he had indeed damage to his eyes. That damage was likened to what a welder may have working with such light and this wasn't all. His inner eye was also damaged and it was consistent with the damage you'd expect from being exposed to an extremely bright light at very close range. When you say his inner eye, are you talking about... His third eye, son. Not his penis. <laughs> I was going to say Johnson. But Keep, no, just his inner keeping eyes. Keeping it clean. Okay, did we have any radiation? Not yet. Okay. As this has happened to not only a fellow officer of the law, but a deputy at that, an investigation into the incident started right away. Mm -hmm. Some officers speculated that it was ball lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Old Greg flashed them balls, son. That VJ had encountered, whilst others believed it could have been the overhead power lines as a source of the bright light that had knocked him unconscious. Hmm. Also, upon closer inspection, both VJ's watch and his car radio were slow by 14 minutes. So was VJ knocked out for closer to an hour than the 40 minutes previously suspected? Quick maps. (laughs) Very interesting. Ooh, so... This could have been old Greg coming and doing some... I'm old Greg! I was going to say some funky shit, which also ties in nicely with old Greg having the funk. Stole from Butcher Collins. I really or, need to watch Mighty Boosh again. Alternative theory. Fuck <laughs> it up. Alternative theory. Electrocuted, which would impact upon the electronics, potentially. Would also cause damage to the car. Did they check the electronics for signs of radiation? Or of fuses, uh, what's the word, like over... Fried? Yeah, basically. Fried electronics. Did they check? No! (laughs) (laughs) Did he have... Not here, anyway. Any other injuries to parts of his body? And we will get to that later. Okay, okay. Let's roll on, find out. Decepticons, roll out. Roll out. Although that would be Autobots. Autobots. Yeah, fuck the Autobots. <coughs> Apart from Bumblebee. Bumblebee's cool. Bumblebee tuna. Although some officers... <laughs> <laughs> although some officers would suspect ball lightning and others the overhead power cables... There were some investigators who would suspect something out of this world. There was damage to the vehicle, but there was no sign of what caused it. Now let's take a look at the damage sustained by the car. The windscreen had major damage to it, as if something had collided with it. Antennas located on the top of the vehicle. How many did it have? It's like an ant were bent out of shape. I think like two. Uh, Maybe cop cars have an extra. Mm. While some claim this was caused by the sharp braking of the car, which would have caused them to whip, 
tests were conducted by Honeywell Labs in Minneapolis, and they concluded that they wouldn't have behaved in that way and that it can only be the result of something making contact with it. There was a crash then. What we also have is a sketch of the damage seen at the scene by Officer Doolittle. The Honourable Officer Doolittle, who ran it by a local stray dog. And also came up with a doodle. Officer Doodlelittle. This was actually one of the animals. The dog did this and Officer Doolittle just took the credit because he knew no one would believe him. Little Rex in the corner. Or was it another dog with an R name? Ralph. Rolando. Rian. Ricardo. There goes the sound effect. So, this diagram is pretty complex, and I don't think I've got it in me to read it all out. But we have. I don't blame you, I didn't read it all when I put it in. He's. <laughs> taken measurements of the vehicle oh quite in depth yeah genuinely he's got a couple of different pictures one is like showing how long each part of the vehicle is and how long he must have taken out like a meter stick or a tape measure and measured like each little dent and whatnot and then he's written up written written (laughs) up a visual description or in fact a verbal description of what he saw visually what is going on okay i like officer doolittle very, very reliable by the looks of it. Didn't make any conclusions, just recorded what he saw. Good police detective work. This detective is going places. He was only an officer at the time. Maybe he's a detective now. Maybe he's... Maybe he's chief. Maybe he's a sheriff. Yeah. Maybe sheriff. he's beyond the law. So the <laughs> Maybe vehicle... Maybe he's a judge. ...was a 1977 Ford. Is that a GT? Bottom right. LT something, I think. I don't know what that is, if not a GT. Patrol vehicle 407. Deputy Sheriff. They look like sevens. (laughs) The Fs. Hmm. Yeah, they do. Oh. No. He's a deputy sheriff. You were correct. I take that back. He wasn't just a officer... How lazy must a sheriff be to require two deputies? The uh, source where I got the thing from just said he was an officer. Well, this evidence does say... Evidence says, by Deputy Sheriff Everett Doolittle. All I wonder, because part of the vehicle description is cut off, whether there's a bit to the right that says Deputy Sheriff Johnson witnessed by... (laughs) But no, it does look like Deputy Sheriff... Everett Doolittle. Go Doolittle. Moved up the scales. Took you about 10 minutes to get to the next level. Well done. Commend your progress, sir. It would also appear that the vehicle took the brunt of the collision on its left side. Meridian French was an expert sent in from Ford Motor Company. Now, this man was an expert in his field, but they don't mention exactly what his field is. Examining the vehicle. <laughs> He's an expert in fields. Could be. Examining the vehicle, he was able to deduce from the crack patterns in the windscreen that it seemed to coincide with both internal and external forces huh? acting almost simultaneously. And that it was from mechanical forces of unknown origin. 
the window is cracked from both sides. Mm-hmm. That is a little bit mind-blowing. How the hell can you conclude that? Surely if you hit the front of a vehicle with enough force, like the windscreen, it would crack on the inside as well as the outside. Maybe it's taking... Um, maybe there's more than one impact spot. So one was done from the inside, one was done from the outside. Okay. This first picture is just a, an illustration, isn't it? Because I can see like a really bright galaxy behind it. No, it's That's in never a museum. Really? Yeah. They have tarted that up with that's some the background. Actual, that's the actual vehicle. My gosh, and it's orange. Okay. And then we've got a second image of the vehicle as well. Front view of the car taken at the scene of the incident. So there doesn't appear to be too much damage visible to the vehicle other than in this black and white image, you can see some rough marks on the windscreen that might be damaged. But on that first one, it's proper cracked. Yeah, you've got a better view in that first picture. But you can kind of see in the same sort of place there are markings in the black and white one, just they aren't quite as profound. And then we've got a third picture of this orange badass police vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of want this vehicle now. It's almost like a hot rod. And the image is zoomed in on the rear or the taillights. Nope, that's the antenna on the roof. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. And it's bent. Mm -hmm. Like when you forget to take your radio antenna off and go for a car wash. Ain't never done that. (laughs) Interesting. I'm liking the visual evidence. Now, briefly before the incident took place, Bring in a case, son. VJ had undergone some dental work and was booked for follow-up work after the incident. Yes. X-rays were taken yeah. after the first procedure and they showed that things were as they should be. The bridge work of his front teeth were intact. However, following the incident, this wasn't the case. It was no longer intact and they were broken at the gums, which would have resulted in massive swelling and severe pain. But VJ had none. Damn. Furthermore, following the incident, VJ said it felt like he'd been hit by a 400-pound pillow. What a description is that? I have no idea. You've been hit soft or hard? It's a pillow, but it's 400 pounds. If someone 400 pounds sat on you, oh my gosh. There were further investigations by KUFOS, the Centre for UFO Studies, and other authorities, which all concluded that the encounter was unexplainable, and that VJ had, to their knowledge, and with no evidence pointing that way, not fabricated this story in any way, shape, or form. And his character? Well, that was generally impeccable. Generally, but not entirely? Generally impeccable. And there's a mm. video there for you. Okay, let's check this. As if some force had bent him. Bell Johnson's a very good fellow and he's a good officer. He has uh, two young children and a nice wife. This man sounds like he's asleep. <laughs> My feeling was that whatever happened uh, was strange and unknown and uh, there was no doubt in my mind that Bell was telling what he actually saw. This is Deputy Val Johnson and his wife, Roseanne, everybody. Roseanne! He's standing so rigid. Yep. He's got a problem with his back. 
so straight. It's incredible experience that it's shocked us all. Have you had any bent. other experiences, any, any other close encounters? No, sir, no. Have you had any before? <laughs> serious? No, no. Are you serious? First one. Well, how has it changed your life? Well, it's, uh, it's uh, brought our family unit, unit closer together. Uh, has it? Because it scared everybody so much, you mean? Well, there was a lot of people confused about it and a lot of uh, unusual stories that came out about it. Uh, but uh, you see this uh, brought us closer together as a family. So straightforward. A religious experience for you. Many times these, these events are, are a religious experience. Upon reflection afterwards, it's been about six months now, upon reflection, uh, we've kind of come to the uh, conclusion that uh, perhaps the Creator has made other things that we can't readily see or readily identify, and perhaps this is one of the things we encountered. He's got a hand or bar moustache. Thank you, and Val, for sharing your feelings about your experience with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you! What kind of car was it? What was my car, Greg? What was that? <laughs> that was just a reenactment. Well, what part. kind of car was it? Now, this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and skepticism. He sounded like Officer Bar Brady. <laughs> there isn't much science here, only skepticism <laughs> and theory. Was BJ drunk? And did he swerve an object last minute? Was it indeed a truck that was coming towards him and an object thrown at his vehicle from the truck? Mm. Mentioned earlier was the overhead power cables. But there was no evidence of the cables being broken, so they couldn't possibly have hit his car. Was he just tired, dozed off and swerved an oncoming vehicle that had beeped him? With the damage being caused by him hitting a post or something. He did seem a bit sleepy. UFOlogists Alan Hendry and Jerome Clark believe this case to be true, whilst Philip Class believes that the whole incident is a hoax and that VJ deliberately damaged his own patrol car. Big class. Johnson also refused to take a lie detector test. But you're a cop. As he said, it would only serve to satisfy people's morbid curiosity. And whilst we don't believe them to be accurate ourselves, this was at a time where it was believed they were. So, Greybeard, are you vouching for this fellow John, son? Is this aliens? Oh... He's not a full John, though. He's only like half a John, so he's not quite honourable and trustworthy enough. He's a John with a son. <laughs> he's the son of a John. He's diminished. <laughs> you damn son of a John. <laughs> but you're a son of a John. <laughs> <laughs> My children are going to be like, what? What? Uh, you ain't <laughs> You ain't pure. <laughs> Mudbloods. <laughs> well, that makes you one. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, blood. Uh, uh. I jest. <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. Uh, he just didn't come across as the most switched on of chaps. He kind of reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite's brother a little bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it Chip? I think so, yeah. He just... There was something Are you about serious? him. Are you so dead? 
I'm deadly serious. Yeah. Watch this. No. No. <laughs> so, in, in half a cliquey, to summarise, I'm... No, I'm not saying that it's aliens. I'm not saying that it's aliens. Stop yourself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. No. I was actually torn on this one. It was quite... Until I saw him, I was quite in, to be honest. Mm. Oddly, the lie detector mm. put me off. Yeah. As a cop, if you're honest, surely you'd take it. And um, to use that it would only serve to satisfy people's morbid Wasn't curiosity. Good enough excuse. As an out. Yeah. Um, Kind of... Took me away from it being real. Agreed. Because, like I said earlier, it's at a time where it was believed that that was truthful. So, yeah. Or it was accurate. So, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Um, do I believe that he damaged his own patrol car? No. I think he may have hit something on the road. <laughs> he messed up and tried to cover it up the yeah. best way he could think of. Like, I've I don't know if he hit a post or something was thrown at him. He might, I'm not going to say he was drunk, but he might have just been tired. Mm-hmm. He did look I sleepy. Mean, and it is like one forty in the morning. So maybe he swerved and hit something like. In a sleepy town. Yeah. A post, something like that. And then just claim that something hit him and that's how the damage got done mm-hmm. to the car. So yeah. Hard, hard from, to disagree. For me, although it was very close until the the end, I cannot say this is aliens. I concur. It was so, it was very believable for a while. I've got to say, there wasn't anything that was making me jump out and say nope. <laughs> Same. So that's it for this week's case, and thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. And our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers. Join us. All are welcome. We also, are... don't tell anyone because nobody's welcome. But invite everyone. We are also on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we are also on Facebook. <laughs> we got 13 profiles. We are on Instagram. At but it was, <laughs> but it was Aliens <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> We are on that Twitter at But It Was Aliens, and we are also on Patreon.com at forward slash But It Was Aliens. There, each month, we delve into more widely paranormal affairs. For example, we dance on the tip of Rasputin's dick. <laughs> Knew it was going to be that. For about the price of a pint of beer or a large cup of coffee, you can sign up and once a month you'll get that shit in your ear. If you live in London, it's probably the price of half a pint of beer. Indeed. (laughs) London. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. I have been Moonwalker, he has been Greybeard, and this is But It Was Aliens. Remember, the truth is up there. Hash tag. Pro-pa. Wah, wah.
Johnson. Smoke Ray!